Well, hey there, guys, and welcome to our podcast channel. Uh, my name is Pastor Aaron. I am the student pastor at Eubank Baptist Church, and we are so glad that you are here. It's been a while since we've been on. We've had a couple things going on these past uh, few weeks, and so we haven't um, recorded any much content, but we are back at it, and we're actually um, in our moment together here. We're actually going to close out the series that we've been in, and uh, the series that we've been in is called Imperfect Disciples. And over the course of the series, you know, we've been talking, we've been having conversations that center on the reality that Jesus chose and he used imperfect people to impact the world. If you go back and you read through the Gospels, you read through the moments that Jesus called somebody or called someone to follow him, he called someone who was messed up. He called someone who was, um, who had their problems, who had their mistakes. And so Jesus, he chose imperfect people to impact the world. And in in addition to this, um, on on top of him doing that still today with us, with you and me, he also disciples us. And in that discipleship process, he grows us from where we are without him to where we could be with him. And what I know from my own life is that where I could be on my own, uh, by my own efforts, by my own thoughts, whatever, but that where I could be by myself, it, it, it pales in comparison to where I am with Jesus. And so in in our closing uh, conversation um, for this episode, we are going to see that we as believers, you and I, th- for those that have, that have accepted Jesus into their heart, we have been given a call to persevere. We've been given a responsibility, a task, a job to do. Um, we, we've been given a responsibility to live out our faith as much as we can. And why are we given this call? Why? Um, why will we see that we are called to keep going? And, and, and why would we even consider the idea of persevering? Well, here it is. The gospel was not meant to stop with you. That when Jesus came into your life, when Jesus encountered you along the way, when he uh, came into your life and, and turned it for the good, he did not intend for that to stay with you. He did not intend for you to keep the gospel to yourself. In fact, he intends, he plans to reach other people through you. So the gospel was not meant to stop with you. The gospel was not meant for you to keep to yourself, um, but it was meant for it, 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 it was meant to go through you to other people around you. And so we're going to talk about in this moment, in this episode, of how can we persevere? How can we how how, how can we accomplish that? And so before we get into our, our our main scripture for this, I want to read through Matthew chapter 28 before I do that. I want to read through Matthew chapter 28, verses 16 through 20. And so uh, Matthew 28, verses 16 through 20 says this, Then the, the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. So before we unpack our primary scripture, why did I want to start here? Why did I want to begin by reading Matthew chapter 28? Well, it's in these verses that we encounter the call given us to keep going. In these verses, we encounter the call to live out our faith, to persevere. In this moment, Jesus 
is telling his disciples then and, and even telling us now as disciples that we are supposed to telling us what we're supposed to do as we wait for him to return. That we're not supposed to just sit and wait, uh, twiddle our thumbs. We're not supposed to just sit and wait and just uh, just passively wait for him to come back. But we are we, we are called to do three things. We're called to make disciples, baptize, and teach what the Bible says. That when it comes to what we're supposed to do in our lives, what we're supposed to lead people to, we're supposed to lead people to Jesus and then make disciples, baptize people, and teach what the Bible says. And while doing these things, Jesus makes a very solid promise to be with us always. And so in order for us to baptize, to make disciples, to to teach someone what the Bible says, we have to keep moving. We can't stop. We can't wait. We have to keep we have, we have to keep going. We have to persevere. But let's go ahead and just call it like it is. Let's let's go ahead let's go ahead and get the obvious out of the way. There's a tendency that people have in today's culture to give up and not keep going, right? The second that things get difficult, they get challenging, or they change, and we don't like the change, we don't, we're not comfortable with it, whatever, we have this tendency to say we're out, we're done, we're quitting, we're throwing in the towel. And I've been there, so I have to imagine that you've probably been there yourself, but you know, we, we, we do this in relationships, right? The second that a um, relationship gets hard, whether it be a boyfriend, girlfriend, friendship, whatever, the second it gets difficult, the second that it gets complicated, we're out, we're, we're done, we're not messing with it, we're not, we're not fooling with it. But it is with our jobs too, that even as we are uh, still dealing with the effects of COVID and all that stuff, that there still is a is, is a massive shortage of workers. Why? Because people just don't want to work. They don't want to, they don't want to keep going. They, they've given up. And so we do it with our, 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 our jobs and just about any, any other place that we can. Um, if, if, if we're involved with something and, and it gets complicated, we're done, we're out. So what happens when we give up and stop moving forward? What happens when we say we're done, when we, when we walk away? Someone loses out. Someone in your life loses out because you gave up. Someone in your life loses out because you called it quits. Someone in your life gave, loses out because you don't want to put in the work. Someone in your life loses out because you don't want to work through the pain, work through the hurt, whatever it is. And so when we stop moving, we, when we give up, someone else loses out. Someone loses out on experiencing Jesus and the gospel that is meant to be passed to others through you. The Christian life is not easy. It never, we were never promised an easy life. If you read through the gospel, if you read through the Bible, it never once promises an easy life. It It is difficult. It is hard it is challenging it is it is questionable at times internally but when we persevere when we keep going the gospel is easily passed through us to other people so here's the question how can we persevere in a culture and even a time that encourages us and even celebrates us giving up how do we keep going in a time and a culture where giving up is the easy first thing that we are that we are told to do when I answer this question, I want to go to our primary scripture, which is Hebrews chapter 10. So if you don't have a Bible with you right now, please pause this. Go find a Bible because we want you to experience God's living word. We say it's a living word because every time that it's opened, every time that we peer into God's word, he teaches us, he corrects us, and he moves within us. So we can't experience the living word of God if we, if we aren't involved with it. So go find a Bible, pause this, do whatever you got to do to find a Bible, and make your way to Hebrews chapter 10. And we're going to read through verses 19 through 25. 
And then we'll go back because it's in these verses uh, that the writer of Hebrews, he gives us some pretty specific intentional ways that we can persevere. So uh, check out what Hebrews chapter 10 verses 19 through 25 say. Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, open for us through the curtain that is his body. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with the full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. So in these verses, and really even before we begin to unpack uh, our, our, our first takeaway, I do want you to notice something, that if you go back to verses 19, 20, and 21, you see the writer speaking on the reality that it all began with the sacrifice of Jesus. In other words, it starts with him. It starts with his sacrifice. It starts with his blood. It starts with what he did for us. You know, that That's why we pray so often that there is someone who attends our services or even listens to the podcast, that there is anyone that hasn't given their life to Jesus and never began a relationship with him, that that would change. Because if we don't get the relationship right, if we don't get this Jesus thing right first, then all of this is for nothing. You can read every book in the Bible. You can pray every prayer there is. You can be involved in every church activity. But let me tell you this, if you do not have a relationship with Jesus, none of that is, it, none of that's worth it. There, there's nothing that can come from that without a relationship with Jesus. So we have to realize that it all starts with him. It all starts with a relationship with him. So, so let's, let's, let's go back and, and, and look at these five ways that, that we're told that we can persevere. Well, the first one is just the first takeaway. The first thing is this, pursue God. If we're going to persevere, we have to pursue God. In verse 22, the writer of Hebrews is telling us to draw near to God. Now, when someone draws near to something or someone, they will pursue them relentlessly. If you have a boyfriend or a girlfriend or a spouse, if you're married, if you want to draw near to them, you you, you pursue time with them. You pursue having moments with them. You spend time with them. You're intentional about that. So if we are for drawing, if if we are all for drawing near to God, we have to be intentional about pursuing Him and being in His presence every chance that we get. So that means that you can't wait till a Wednesday night to read the Bible. That means you can't wait until a pastor or a preacher is speaking on a particular verse or series of verses. You have to get into the Word every other day of the week. And so if we're going to pursue and draw near to God, we have to pursue moments with Him. If we pursue God, or or maybe when we pursue God, or hopefully when we pursue God, we are given the opportunity for Him to speak over us and cleanse us of anything that can stop us from continuing to move forward. If you go and read through verse 22, you see that after we draw near to God, or when we draw near to God, we give Him the opportunity to have our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Here's the reality. You're smart. You know 
what you shouldn't be doing. You know what you shouldn't be watching. You know what you shouldn't be listening to. You know who you should avoid. You know who you should not be around. You know what you should not be doing and what you should be avoiding. But yet, how many times do we allow ourselves to go into those traps? How how, how many times do we allow ourselves to fall to sin because we are uh, too weak, too stubborn, too whatever to, uh, to actually put in the work to avoiding certain things or certain people? So many times when I get in trouble, when I when I fall, when I when I mess up, when I sin, it's not somebody else's fault. It's, it's my fault, really, because I allow myself to go to that place, to watch that thing, to listen to that song, to do whatever. So when we are pursuing God, when we are spending time with Him, He allows us to see what we should avoid. So again, we have to pursue God. So number two is this: after we pursue God, or the second thing, after we pursue God, we need to live out our hope. That's the second thing, live out our hope. I want to go back to verse 23 for a moment. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promises faithful. So as the writer, he, he's continuing to list these ways out that we can persevere. He speaks on living out the hope that we profess. We are reminded here in this moment that God is faithful to keep every promise he gives. I don't know anyone really who can keep every single word that they give. I don't know very many people who can follow through on every promise that they give. And so with that being said, I want you to realize this, that there is there has never been a promise declared that God has not followed through on. That every word that God has given us, every promise he's given us, he follows through on that. He He's never dropped the ball on one. And, and, and we're told to hold unswervingly to that hope. So we're being told to live out that hope that we claim no matter what is going on around us or what we see or what we experience. How often can we let the hope that we read about, the hope that we claim, be threatened or or how how many times can we allow allow what we see in front of us to cause us to question those things that maybe we read you know maybe you've read that that there is a peace that surpasses all I'm saying and I believe that I, I believe that wholeheartedly but I wonder how many times we have ourselves questioned I wonder if this is the time this is the moment that peace stops providing this is the moment that that peace stops giving and so we're told to hold on to live out that hope that we profess, that we that we confess, that we claim. So number three is this. After we pursue God, after we live out our hope, we have to live life with people. In Jan- or not James, but uh, the writer in Hebrews continues this by going and sharing in verse 24, and let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. So as we're continuing to work through these verses, we see we are given a, a, a third way to persevere you know, I, I believe that in that in, in encouraging us to spur one another on, we're being encouraged to live life with people. When we are willing to live life with people, we have better opportunities to encourage others towards love and good deeds. And here's the really the more important thing about this is that when we are willing to live life with people, we have better opportunities to encourage others to choose Jesus. You know, one of the one of the more um, common scriptures in, in Romans is it says that how will we know unless someone comes and tells us? How will we receive the gospel unless someone comes and preaches it to us? 
So how can we how how can we impact the world if we're not living with people in the world? We're not, don't get it confused. We're not supposed to become part of the world. We're not supposed to look like the world. We're not supposed to sound like it, but we're supposed to be in it. We're supposed to be involved in, with it to influence it, to impact it for the name of Jesus. So we have to live life. We have to spur others on towards love and good deeds. But there's two more things that the writer has for us. So, so the second to last thing is this. Be present with others. We have to be present with others. I want to look at the first part of verse 25. Not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. So as they, um, as the writer begins to close things out, we see him encouraging us to not give up meeting together. So when I read this, I, I, I can't help but see that we are being encouraged to be present with others, to be involved, present. Apparently, when this was written, there was a trend going around where people chose not to met. And you know, we don't know the reasons for, we don't know the reasons why, but we do know what it's like to not have the opportunity to meet. When COVID first happened, we were told to stay indoors. We were told to shut shut the doors, close the windows. We were told to separate, to isolate. So a lot of us, for maybe a few weeks or maybe even several weeks, we were unable to be involved in church, to be involved with people. And so we 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 know what it's like to be in isolation. We know what it's like to be by ourselves and going back to the tendency that we that's in our culture of, of giving up when when things are tough, when things hurt our feelings, when people hurt our feelings, we isolate ourselves. And we say, we're done. We're walking away. And we all know how damaging isolation can be. I understand people hurt your feelings. I understand people make you mad. But that's not worth going into isolation for. That's not worth and giving up on people and giving up on church. And so that's why the Christian life is not meant to be experienced alone. That God never intended to save you and redeem you for you to go by yourself, to be by yourself, to go into isolation and to not share the gospel with other people. And so when we choose to be present with others, we are we are given the opportunity to grow with others. That when we live life with people, when we, when we are present in the moment with people, with our friends, with our family, we are given the opportunity to grow together, to become more than we could be by ourselves. Because what you can do, who you could be by yourself, is very limited compared to who you could be, what you could do with other people. There's something worth in community. There's something worth and being with other people. And so we have to be present with, with with other people. And the last thing that we're told that we read in verse 25 is we're supposed to speak life to others. We're supposed to be encouraging. And again, going back to verse 25, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. So as, as we begin to close this thing out, we're being told that we should intentionally pursue moments to encourage those around us. You know, I, I believe that the one that I believe that one of the greatest ways to overcome the temptation and tendency to quit and to walk away from something or someone is to experience encouragement. I can remember when I was in the high school, I was part of the uh, track team, and um, I I wasn't good. I was terrible, actually. Um, I, I was I was part of the team, um, and I, I I was there just to kind of collect space. Um, I did collect points for our team, but uh, compared to other people, I was worthless at track. Um, combination of being slow and having asthma it just, did, just doesn't work out um and so i was terrible 
Um, and, and all my teammates knew it. They they hardly ever watched me race because they knew, okay, well, Andrew will get last place, so there's not worth anything watching. But I can remember that my coach, and my coach had me for a player for several years, three or four years, and his encouragement never stopped. Like, he knew I was terrible. He watched me get last almost every single time, but yet he would take time to encourage me. And I, I can remember as I'm struggling just to even breathe to cross the finish line, that when I heard my coach encourage me, when I heard my coach tell me to keep going, that I was doing a good job even though I really wasn't, that would give me life. That would give me excitement. That would give me a, a, a fresh breath. And so experiencing encouragement is like experiencing a fresh new breath, that when someone takes the time to encourage you, to support you, to speak life over you, that, that goes a long way, doesn't it? And so when we speak life to others, we, we give momentum to others. When we speak life and encouragement, we give others the reason, the hope, the momentum to keep going, to keep persevering. So I want to ask you this question. How are you persevering when it comes to your faith, when it comes to your relationship with Jesus, when it comes to living out your faith? How well are you doing in persevering? Are you pursuing God? Are you living life with people? Are you being present with people? Are you speaking life to others? Are you doing these things that we talked about? Or are you someone that, because church has gotten hard or difficult, because people have been mean, because you've had your feelings hurt or whatever, are you someone that has given up on church, given up on religion, given up on Jesus? If you have, I just want to encourage you to come back. Don't let a past experience, don't let a, a person, don't let an emotion, don't let a thought, don't let a feeling take you away from the goodness that God has for you. The Christian life is difficult. The Christian life is, is hard, it's heavy, but it's worth it. I, I can promise you that. So, hey, thanks for checking us out. Thanks for listening in. I'll be looking out next week for some more content. Um, and, and listen, if you have never joined us in person at Eubank Baptist Church, please consider that. Um, there is nothing that can replicate. There is nothing that can mimic being in person with us. There's just something about it. So we want to encourage you. We, we are happy to live stream. We're happy to uh, to share content through our podcast. But there is nothing There's nothing that can compare to being in person. So please check us out. Please consider it. And uh, hey, we'll talk to you next time.